Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. And we're back. Man, oh man. Life is busy and I have no excuses, but here I am sitting down to record another episode the finding backcountry podcast the podcast that just won't go away it won't be consistent enough to keep you hooked but it won't go away it just keeps popping back up oh you guys are probably so frustrated with me but hey that's the deal right um right now at least i do this how i want when i want and i'm Man, one of my goals, and I've already missed it by a week or two, but by the time this gets out, but one of my goals is just to pop an episode every week again, like the good old days. So don't quote me on that, and I know you guys won't, but um, man, sitting here at my house, uh, January, freezing cold up here in Wyoming, finally got some sort of a winter up here. Um, yeah, you know, November, December, and into January, the last couple years has been pretty mild, uh, to say the least up here. And we've had a couple pretty good snowstorms and just, um, yeah, feeling like, feeling like a winter should at least. And, you know, you get to this point and then it's always the same story. You know, you start going from, man, are we in a drought and we need more snow to, oh great, is this going to kill all the mule deer? So, um, we'll see, uh, way, way too early to tell. I think if, you know, things went normally at this point, then everything would be fine. You know, if we just had a couple, you know, we're going to have, excuse me, we're going to have a couple, um, of the real big, you know, cold streaks here or a couple few more snowstorms two or three usually and so if we don't get buried towards the end of the year then everything should be fine we'll see but i'm guessing this next spring is going to be uh, a little wetter than normal already so oh man uh so the reason that i'm sitting here is i wanted to uh not leave you guys hanging for the 2021 hunt series um i think i feel like we had a good thing going and i fully plan on um rolling that into this year into 2022 uh now in fact i'm going to start earlier and not wait necessarily until the hunts kind of do a a year a yearly hunt series and maybe maybe hopefully plan is to do less episodes necessarily if that makes sense but you know once a month just kind of a hunt series uh recap or summary or whatever and then sprinkle in you know quite a few more 
guest podcasts like the traditional style that I was doing and you guys can kind of decide you know what you like or don't like there so um, I'll probably record one right after this and jump into like I said 2022 uh, you know and what my plans are so back to the 2021 um, I think where I left you guys off <laughs> was uh, where I left you hanging apologies apologies or left you hanging was I had just drawn a not drawn I had picked up a Nevada deer tag last minute and had just got my hands finally on a new bow I actually uploaded and picked the wrong file I guess and uploaded the same episode twice talking about one was supposed to be talking about um, you know, scouting and kind of that kind of stuff. And then, uh, the other one was my bow setup and I, that bow setup never actually was released because like I said, I picked the wrong file. I don't, I don't go, I don't listen to my own podcast, right? Surprise, surprise. I really don't like it. Um, I don't like to. And so I just, pick the file that I think was the right file from my editor and boom, it goes out. And I, I honestly, you know, with this quality of a budget that I'm working with and I, I just post it and I don't really think twice about it. What's funny <laughs> is that only one person, <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. One single person and maybe other guys uh, caught it and emailed me or somewhere that I haven't seen it, but one person actually got my attention, whether it was on my own Instagram or where it was, I can't remember, and was like, hey, um, not sure if you realize this, but you uploaded the same episode twice. <laughs> and so uh, I've been meaning to, you know, I, I had that other, the actual bow setup episode, and I, I actually just sent it out. So by the time that this episode airs, you, you'll be able to go back and, um, you know, that episode of me setting up my bow and what arrows I chose and why and how I got them to tune out and what all the specs and all the little gear and stuff that I used, uh, which I think is, is pretty interesting podcast. You know, I was just going through setting a bow up for a hunt in 10 days, which is never, ever recommended, but I did it and, you know, didn't kill anything, but I sure as heck walked uh, into that hunt with a weapon in my hands that I felt completely proficient with and confident out to you know say 40 yards at least so um was even drawn back on a small buck at at 40 and just passed you know as a two and a half year old deer so um anyway it all it all worked out you know and and if you know what you're doing it you know, you're, you're, you're not as sharp. Right. And that's what I laid out in the podcast, uh, episodes. I think back previously is you're not as sharp, obviously, if you're not shooting that bow all year, but you know, for someone who's been around it and been archery hunting quite a bit and worked in a pro shop and stuff, I mean, you know, you, you limit your distance to, like I said, 40 yards or whatever. And that's, you know, it's pretty safe, better than me going out with the traditional bow that I was going to have to go out. So 
Um, let me roll into the, the so I didn't kill on the bow hunt. Um, had five days, found a good buck, didn't kill him. I think I had mentioned all that, but um, then I rolled into my Colorado muzzy hunt, and I love I love that Colorado muzzleloader deer hunt down there. Um, it's just a lot of things, you know, just the Colorado backcountry in general. Um, I've fallen in love with that's a heck of a good time to be chasing mule deer with any weapon, right? That like September 10th, you know, right before they usually right before they shed their velvet or right as they're shedding their velvet. Um, if you're lucky, they haven't shed yet. Like when we, when we killed that big 190 something inch, uh, the year before in 2020, he had not shed on the 19th which is very late i think um so it can go either way but if you you know you're up there in the high country maybe you show up a day or two early you might have a chance better chance of finding bucks on that hunt so uh anyway colorado backcountry um that time of year you know, muzzleloader, right? I have a cool new toy um, that I built from work with our open sight package and felt, you know, I feel really comfortable with that out to, you know, really good ranges with the open sights, you know, maybe call it 300 yards and closer if all the conditions are right. But um, went down to a unit that I've actually hunted in the past in a previous uh, different season and went to a new unit, sorry, not a new unit, but a new spot, right, and did on purpose, not that the other, you know, when I I had hunted the unit before, and with a bow once, and gotten into deer, good deer, but wanted to just try a new spot, and so that's what I did, took off by myself, this was a solo deal, um, can't remember five or six days or whatever it was bombed in uh really ultimately did not go well so a couple things that i made mistakes on is you know not a mistake but like i said i i chose to go to an area that i hadn't been in a unit that i had already hunted when i knew there was other spots that held deer so why did i do that well I'm just filling the unit out. It's not a hard to draw unit and you never know, right? Maybe I go in and I find the, you know, an awesome honey hole with, you know, bunch of big bucks or whatever. Uh, maybe I don't, but you know, I, I, I was committed to trying a new area and just, just, you know, a new area on a hunt that I could do over and over and over. So went in this, the other mistake that I made, though, was the spot that I chose was not smart. So I'm all for why I chose it, you know, to try it, branch out, try a different spot. But the area that I chose, I had to hike through another unit for quite some time. And, you know, which is fine, but once... You know, I was so you're not hunting though while you're while you're hiking in, right? I mean, it was literally the only, it wasn't the only, but it was the most logical way to access the point where I wanted to go hunt and check out. Turns out, you know, I get in there and just the classic 
uh, Google Map, you know, sandbagging me and making me think it's going to be easy to navigate these basins, and it was brutal. Um, got in, you know, whatever it was, 10 or 9 or 10 miles, I can't even remember now, but um, got to where I wanted to go on the first day, and yeah, you know, get to the, look into the basin or the canyon or, you know, the main canyon that you think you're going to hunt. And again, so many mistakes, right? Like should have scouted it. I would have known better. Um, I would have avoided it altogether. I usually preach one good scouting trip in the summer, but I didn't. Um, so I get all the way back in there and just can tell right off that it's not, it is a little bit like I physically was exhausted, but I could have recovered for a day and then took off. It was like physically, I was, I didn't, it was not safe to be navigating some of those, the passes that I thought that I was going to get to just waltz right over and look into other basins, like cliffy, shale cliffy, like not, you know, not safe. And so, you know, get clear back in there and it's a bust, right? It's, it's just now I still hunted it. You know, I basically glassed what I could see for a day and a half and finally found a buck, um, found him down the Canyon kind of, if you picture like making a big loop, right. And now I'm coming in headed back towards where the trailhead, but I'm, you know, I have to, anyway, I, I spot this buck and he is, he is across, you know, like a mile and a half across the other side of this massive basin that's that's deep and long and deep right and so i have a decision to make you know my a am i going to even go after him b how am i going to go after him i mean it's it took me so i i take off and i decided the first choice was do i pack up camp which i did because it, i knew it was going to be such a commitment to drop all the way down off in the bottom and then hike you know the mile and a quarter or so up the canyon to get to where he was and then you know a three-quarter mile hike up and out which was freaking brutal and so i elected to pick up camp and take it with me and you know that wasn't the worst idea i again you always wish that you're in better shape and once i got over there um, and was down in the bottom of the canyon. I was, I was smoked, um, and and knew from, you know, basically just knew that there was no way I was gonna hump my camp, you know, fifty, sixty pounds or whatever, up and out of the side of this in any sort of time frame to kill this deer. So it was kind of a race against time and a decision. Do I? drop all my camp down in the bottom of the basin now. And, you know, I'm like hiking up and out to these, you know, you can picture a big, long, um, big, long basin. And then these little side basins that, you know, come out and up on the, you know, up on the side. And, and ultimately there's a big finger ridge <clears throat> on both sides on the top, but there's these big, I mean, half mile or more wide basins up and, you know, up, kind of stacked up on the outsides of this really sweet mule deer country if you can navigate it and you know if you're in shape to do it 
and and you know i got around but i was you know it's it's a it's an issue for me like i have not been in the best shape and i need to i'm sick and tired of it but that's another story for another time but i so it i get up and out of there left my camp down in the bottom and was kind of committed to just going up bombing up trying to kill this deer and then coming back down needless to say um, from the time that I spotted him and left from where my original camp was clear up across the other basin and got all the way down around, it was like seven hours. It took me until I was standing basically in his bed where I had spotted him and he was clearly, he was obviously gone. So I, and I still don't know. It's one of those. I'll never know. Did he win me? Did he hear me coming out of the bottom? You know, I swung way wide and downwind kind of a thing and thought that I was, you know, more than good enough. Um, didn't, didn't jump him or anything like that, that I saw and he was just gone. So, you know, then I'm up there and it's relatively close to dark. And so, Oh, excuse me. You know, now I have to bomb off the side. I'm now I'm really just smoked from the hike up and you know, stalking and stuff. And it's no joke, man. Like, you know, you don't have to be Cam Haynes, right? And if Cam ever listened to my podcast, you know, he would scoff at that because he hears it all the time and he won't. But you know, you don't have to be in Cam Haynes shape, but it sure wouldn't hurt, right? And I, you know, I've been on both sides of that, I've been in the best shape of my life when I go on these backcountry hunts and I've been in the worst shape of my life when I've gone on a backcountry hunt. And guess what? I've gotten it done both ways. One of them, you just got a lot higher chance of getting it done and it hurts a heck of a lot less. Um, and I was freaking, I was hurting. So anyway, you know, completely defeated at this point, the one deer, you know, and this was probably a, I mean, I'm spotting him from like two miles from where I originally saw him and, didn't have a great look at him. I would say definitely a 170 pushing maybe a 180 buck and everything else was not even worth talking about, right? But that was the deer. That was the only one that I saw on that hunt. So, you know, at that point came back down. I'm clear down in the bottom of this really steep, long, you know, canyon, probably four or five miles now from the trailhead. But the problem is, there's nothing to really hunt along the way or no effective way to hunt it. Cause it just starts getting real steep and thick, you know, on the sides of trees and stuff, the further that you went up it. So, but ended up, you know, getting up within a, back to the, around the trailhead, like a mile from the trailhead. And there's actually a couple little basin, two little basins there. And I, you know, I spent the last, you know, two days of the hunt, um, poking around there and the, coolest thing i saw was um an an old arrowhead indian arrowhead or whatever so um it was tough you know uh i can't even say that there was other small bucks that i had a chance to kill and didn't on that hunt i just flat out got it handed to me um you know saw the one deer that was a shooter and just completely crapped the bed on that so um yeah, that was the muzzy hunt. Uh, I will say the road, I can't even begin to explain to you the uh, brutalness and the, you know, just the length, but the brutalness of the dirt road to get into this trailhead. 
like Colorado. I learn my lesson every year. You look on, you know, I just assume it's like any other dirt road that I grew up in and, you know, Nevada or even the roads here in Wyoming seem to be decent, you know. Holy moly. I mean, I scraped the bottom of my long bed pickup with boulders a couple times and just, it was horrible. So that was a humbling, humbling hunt and just, man, the valuable thing that I took away from that, not that I needed a reminder because I was not, you know, but man, you can just, this stuff will humble you every single time if you're not careful. Then uh, we rolled into uh, Wyoming uh, general elk hunt with my brother and his brother-in-law. And I had the general deer tag, obviously, too. So we all had elk tags, technically. Sorry, it's getting late. We all had um, elk tags, and then I was packing the deer tag, too. And, you know, <laughs> we we picked a spot where we thought there would be maybe good deer and elk. Um, the theme of that hunt was young bucks. We, the, the three or four deer that we saw that were like, okay, this is almost a shooter. It was all because they were in that, you could tell they're just in that three and a half year old um, range. And talking to a lot of other guys from last year seemed like the theme. If you back up and reverse engineer the last horrible winter that we had uh, up in this country in Wyoming, it was at seventeen eighteen, I believe. So all the all the crop from spring of seventeen got wiped out pretty much in that winter, and then the fresh batch of you know, what would now be becoming mature bucks would be the spring of 18. So 19, 20 and 21, right? Three and a half to the fall. So there's your three and a half year olds. And there was one man that was, he he's worth going back, I think, and trying to find again this year, if he's in there, um, just, you know, obviously just a young buck, but had, you know, he had it, he had the frame. It was kind of starting to lay out real well, you know, wasn't like a 30 inch buck yet, you know, but was maybe a 24 inch buck. And but you can just tell when, you know, all four forks are starting to mature really well. You know, he's probably 150 ish, 60 inch deer and might, you know, one of those that could end up pushing 180 or something next year. You know, if he puts on 20 or 30 inches, then he'd be a shooter for sure. Um, but just had it, had the frame, had the look that you just love. Um, kind of reminded me of a really, really shrunk down, small mini version of my brother's huge 220 buck that he killed in Utah. Um, you know, just kind of that laid out real wide, had a really nice genetics and frame and stuff. So. Um, that was the best thing mule deer wise that came out of that hunt. I hunted with my brother, uh, and his brother-in-law Shane for quite a while or a couple days, I think with the elk, I mean, not quite a while, but a couple days. Um, and then I moved camp across the Canyon, completely other spot and hiked in by myself looking for a little bit better mule deer spot. And same deal. I, I sat down 
sat down on a buck across the canyon there that was, uh, you know, you just, at some point you look at so many deer and you just, you, you're trying to manufacture something that's not there with your eyes. <laughs> and that was the story of this guy. You know, I sat down on him with the spotter, watched him for a solid hour, you know, and about, I would watch him and decide he's not big enough. He's not at all what I'm, you know, he's a, again, he's a three and a half year old deer. Um, and about, you know, and then five minutes, I'd look somewhere else. I'd go around, you know, nothing, 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 glassing. And then I'd come back to him and he's still just kind of feeding. And, and I would be like, man, maybe he was bigger than I thought. And I go back to him, <laughs> sit and look at him like, God, like just, ah, oh, man, he's just not, you know, and you, you sit there and kind of make sure that you're seeing the size of their body, right? And the, how, okay, how wide are his ears? Uh, yeah, like, is he really only 23? Yeah, he's only 20, you know, and you're trying to, you're trying to turn a 150 into a, you know, 175 inch deer, which, you know, sounds ridiculous, but guys do it all the time. I've done it before, um, and actually pulled the trigger, right? Just fooling myself, but that was a story of that, um, had, had a couple on the elk side, we had a couple of good bulls, um, just shot out, not shot out from under us, but shot by an outfitter, um, that was running the area there that, you know, my brother and, and, uh, Shane just couldn't get on. I don't think in fast enough. So, you know, so it's actually a hopeful little spot for a future elk hunt. Cause there's a couple dandy bulls that they pulled out of there. Um, same general area that we were hunting. So. Um, that was pretty much it, man. Like the theme of 2021 for me was no tags filled. And, you know, as depressing as that is, um, I oddly felt gratified by it. Um, I felt, uh, you know, is gratified the right word? It's getting late. Satisfied, gratified. Anyway, it, there was gratification, right? That's the right word. Um, because I knew what I was after and I didn't deviate from the plan. And that's, I've done this enough that I know that that's easier said than done, right? Especially when the plan was 180 inch buck or whatever. And so not saying I wouldn't have shot a mature, you know, gnarly old, you know, eight and a half year old buck that was regressed and only scored who cares what he scored because he was just all you know you know thick and mass or something like that but i was generally as after you know 180 inch deer and just never never connected and um so i actually i actually appreciated it i think it was a good year of learning and growth you know i just i kept trying different things you know on the various hunts and um, you know, maybe glass here, I'm going to go look there. No, maybe, you know, I'm going to still hunt this, you know, did a few, little bit of that. Um, tried to, you know, just tried to get out of my comfort zone. And when, you know, if, if you kill something like I did on that muzzy hunt in Colorado, right. The first couple of days, like you're kind of robbed of that, you know, and of course that's what I'm there for. And of course, you know, if the right deer pops in front of me, Heck, if the right deer pops in front of me on the trail at the trailhead as I'm getting out of the truck, I'm probably going to shoot him if it's legal, right? But you're kind of robbed of 
the the taking that L and learning from it, you know, and applying it to the next year. And so um, that's how I'm looking at it. You know, there was I I don't know how many total days, but um, didn't fill a tag, didn't pull a trigger, didn't lose an, lose an arrow or anything, um, and learned a lot. Uh, didn't didn't fill any tags. So now I did kill something. I actually. Um, the one thing I did kill is I tipped a little javelina over down in Texas for on a work trip <laughs> with, wait for it, 6.5 Creedmoor. I know. I know. I know. 6.5 Creedmoor is definitely built for shooting javelina at 100 yards, 150 yards, whatever. So, uh, did get out. I didn't fill the tag, but my gosh, what a fun hunt. Um, had an elk, Nevada elk tag that was kind of set up, um, as a guided deal with my brother, I was able to go on and went down on that and helped them tip over a heck of a nice elk. Uh, ended up really surprising all of us. We knew it was, you know, pushing 360, probably high 350s or so is what we were guessing. Um, had an incredible front front end, uh, first, seconds, and thirds specifically. It just kind of threw us all off by, you know, 10 or 15 inches, which isn't hard to do on elk um, if you've had a lot of experience and don't, you know, especially like I'm not looking at elk. I'm not obsessed with them right now like I am mule deer. So anyway, this thing, you know, we get it on the ground and put a tape on it. It ends up going like 370 plus. It was just an incredible hunt, incredible experience. And just you know, you go from these hunts that are general tags or over the counter or just grinds and you're just getting your butt handed to you. It feels nice to show up and it just, it, if nothing else, just help someone who has one of these like premium, like lifetime type hunts, you know, or in Nevada, the elk, you know, really good elk numbers. This is one of the top three or four units in that state and just, you know, have one just kind of work out right and that's exactly what it did what happened so and that's i mean that's about a wrap on 2021 hunting season hunt series um kind of tested the water there you guys really seem to like that I'm, again i'm gonna um you know life gets busy for us man i i take back everything i ever said about any parent who acted like or couldn't do something or, you know, um, got busy with kids or cause I totally get it now. Like it's just never ending with the kids <laughs> and love it. Love them. It's been a, an awesome learning experience, um, for Jen and I, and hopefully brought, you know, value to these boys' lives but it's definitely brought value to our life. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, that takes, it, it's a lot of work. Um, and so things like this podcast sometimes get put on the back burner, but I'm going to try. There's, there's no, the, the other, on the flip side of that, um, there's no excuses. There's a lot of other people out there that, you know, have kids and run a podcast or have kids and stay in shape and eat well, and have kids and, you know, have a good attitude or, you know, get to bed on time or whatever it is. Right. Um, and so there's no excuses. Um, you know, doesn't matter. You, you still get to choose your decisions. You know, even if you're a little more tired or you're a little more stressed or, 
you know, you don't have quite as much time as free time as you had or whatever. So, um, yeah, with that being said, look for 2022 hunt series. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go start to finish kind of what's on what, like we did last year, uh, what's on my mind at the time and what I'm, you know, mulling over and chewing over and kind of what my thought process is as I go through, you know, early season here with tags and, you know, I'll try to keep it maybe the first three or four or five months here is just going to be planning and tags and, you know, I'll, you know, January is probably going to be, um, you know, what's coming up. Let's see. Uh, you know, a lot of Utah planning. Um, what else? What else? What else? Utah's in February that you have to apply. Um, like Arizona elk and antelope maybe. But just I'll just start kind of breaking down like what I think and when I think it. I was just on the phone tonight with um, Corey. You know, and I'll get on probably on the phone with my brother. Those are two that I coordinate and run my hunts with a lot. And, you know, so we'll we'll maybe try to interject some back and forth without, you know, giving away, you know, specifics or anything. Just kind of, you know, how we coordinate hunts with hunting buddies, right? Maybe you guys go through that same stuff too. So, man, I just want to say thanks. Um, you know, again, if you're... If you're still hitting clicking play on these, um, then you just, I don't know, something must be wrong with you because I'm not consistent with them. I don't, you know, this is just off the cuff, so to speak. I'm not a professional at this. And, but I do try. I try to just, I, I, I honestly just, you know, and I've said this before, so maybe this is for someone who's new. Um, but I try to just bring value on these things. I try to think of, you know, what could, what could bring value. Um, I do this for free, uh, you know, just because, because I love it. Anytime I get the chance to hit record, even if it's just me recapping my own stuff, but especially with the guests, I really like getting into it with, um, guests and, you know, talking tactics and, um, strategies and stuff like that and telling hunting stories. So 2021 in the books, uh, 2022 coming in hot with the hunt apps. So, um, look forward to the journey. Please, please, please reach out with questions, ideas, guests that you want me to, to, uh, try to hunt down. Um, you know, any, anything that comes to mind. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Let's do this. 2022. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.